film do. <laughs> they was a good western on. I didn't know it was gonna last seven hours. <laughs> well, I'll just read this scripture right here and see what happens. How about that? If y'all want to follow me, when she's looking, First Corinthians chapter one. You know, this is the best time. If you could have picked a time, if you could have, if you could have stood back before creation, or before you, before they said you was a girl or boy, whatever we are, and you could have picked a time to live on the earth. This is the best time of any time that you could have ever lived on the earth. And some of you may be thinking, this is the best. <laughs> Dear God, them poor souls who lived here before I got here. No, this is, this is the best time. We'll tell you why. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. Paul said, we, are, we preach Christ and we preach Him crucified. He said, when we do that, it's to, it, the Jews, he said, it causes them to like fall on a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, when we preach Christ crucified, it's just plain foolishness to them. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Listen to that. Now, God's not a fool, but he, but he says the things that they would consider foolish, the foolishness of preaching, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than any man who's considered to be strong. And then Paul says, he says, now let's talk about you for a moment. He said, you see your calling. Now, you might say, I ain't called. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> of course you're called. Yeah. Everyone in here is called. If not, you're deputized tonight. You don't even have to raise your hand. We're not even going to stick a badge on you. He said, do you see your calling, brother and sister? How that, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many noble are called. God has chosen, and I'm going to say deliberately chosen, the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Hmm. And he also chose the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. There's my missionary friend. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That guy gets around the world, you know, and just see this. <laughs> He don't have a spirit of stand still. Well, you don't have. You come up here if you want to. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So there's a call here for everyone. Everyone. Um, what I want to do is get out of everybody's thinking that th this is where I go to church. Uh, we are. We're we're not having church, and we didn't come to church. We're not having church. We're not about to have church. Come on. If we was in the deep woods, we wouldn't say we, we're ficking to have church. We, we, we ain't ficking to have church. Y'all know what a ficking to mean, don't you? Just about almost ready, pert near, about to take off. 
We're not, we're not partly about ready to have church. We've got to get the concept and the idea that we are church. That's right. What would you do if you was in a nation that said you cannot come together amongst yourselves and worship the God of your choice? What would you do? In, in America, we'd be dumbfounded. And how do we know that day won't come? I mean, how, how do we really know? Look who your choices are for a president. Now, you, you may be impressed, but, well, I'm going to get off that in a hurry. Uh, so, how, I mean, we, we don't know that day will come, do we? I mean, we, we, the, you say the home of the brave and the land of the free, and, and it is that, and thank God that a great price is paid. But liberties are losing from this land all the time. And it's not because of, uh, it's not because of the Congress or the Senate or, this or the Democrats or the Republicans. It's because of the church, not being the church. And when the church is not the church and the church doesn't stand in its authority and power, the, then the whole world loses. The Scripture says when the righteous in charge, everybody can rejoice. Amen. Now you need to get this in your in, in your thinking that you're that that we're in charge, and God didn't send you here to 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 to, to diddle dally around. He sent you here to, to dominate. So when you're going and you're going to minister to someone, or you're going to minister life, and you're going to go minister the the good news, the gospel, of salvation, or healing, uh, or when you go into a hospital room. You're, you're, you, may go, you may go visit, but that's not why you, you're not a visitor. I know a lot of pastors who go minister people, and they're good people, and they're kind and loving people, and I, and I thank God for all of them. But you don't need a professional visitor. If I'm in the hospital, I mean, uh, if you come, I'll be glad to see you. But you come bring something. Come bring something. You have a deposit. Loose it and let it go. You say, well, who am I? Yeah, who are you, by the way, since you brought that? Who, who are you? Do you know who you are? Do you know what you have? Wow, you're just so righteous and holy, sanctified, a glorified God, decide to take up residence and you can call you and call yourself home. God believes you're so holy, he can live in you. You remember the guy in the Old Testament, you know, he just kind of... They was moving the cart back, you know, back in Jerusalem, and it looked like it was going to fall off the cart. And he put his hand to steady it, and it just killed him for touching it. Just killed him for barely touching the cart. He's trying to do, a, <laughs> trying to do a good thing, and it, he he just touched that which represented the presence of God, and it just fried him, just, just like you know, getting a live wire and just <laughs> and taking you out. Well, that power now is just living in you, all of it. Now. How much of God lives in you? How, how much? Do you really believe that? All of God lives in me. What, we, what we've had trouble doing is, is separating the spirit from the soul from the body, thinking, well, that's just George over there. That ain't George. That ain't George. It's what's in George. Right? And if you can see when someone leaves this earth, a Christian, born-again person, when you can see, you would see what we call George slip out of that frame, that tent, that frame, that building. It would probably exit in the area of the mouth, and they'd slip out of here, probably look down at you and say, adios, amigo. 
And they would go and be, so, so Jesus said, as he is, so are we right now in this earth. I don't know what to do with that scripture. It's just too big almost to chew on. Think about it. As he is right now, so are you now in this earth. I, I, I could see it if he said, as soon as you walk in heaven, as soon as, you, as soon as you touch the pearly gate. But he said, as he is right now, so are you in this earth right now. Now, how can that be so? You say, because i got all these situations. Of course you do. Why? Because you're in a fallen world. You don't have to drive far to know it's fallen, do you? Just get around a few folks. You'll know it's fallen, right? It's like I was telling some of the four servers. I was talking to Jamie earlier today. I was talking to a lady long distance, and, and, I, and uh, bless her heart, we're going to have to get her some more help. And, and she called, and, and the only sole purpose for calling me long distance, and, and I've only met her one time, talked to her twice. Her only, her only purpose for calling me was to pray that, she said, I know you know God. Would you pray that, that I could die today? Please, I want to die. Please pray that I would die today. And I said, why would I pray that you would die? She said, I just got to get out of this. She said, I, I just can't take this situation I'm in. And medical science don't give her any, any good thing to go on. And she don't know anything. And they said she won't live through the surgery, but she did. And she got complications, don't know what to do about it. Don't know anything about God. You could just teach her anything, anything be information to her, anything. Just, just pick anything. She don't know nothing about anything. But she does know she'd go to heaven. We got that settled a couple weeks ago. They said, well, if we cut you open, you, you're probably going to die. See, if you're not, you need to talk to someone, you talk to them. Well, she doesn't know anyone. She don't go to church, ain't been to church, don't know no preachers, but she knows someone who knows a preacher. Bang, tag, I'm it. <laughs> don't think I could pick her out if she's in the room. I wouldn't know if I was looking at her. I'd know her, I, I, if, if we cried her eyes, she, all the, she was here and we all closed her eyes, she started crying, I'd tell you who she was. Someone who's hurting. Someone who needs help. Called and asked, and asked me, would I pray, would she die? Well, I'm the wrong one to ask for that. <laughs> I know some preachers who could accommodate it, but, but that just ain't, I just don't have any of that anointing on me. I just, just don't have it. I'm, I'm lacking. Well, I, I hear my phone go, boop, 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 boop. And I look, I look this way because I can still hear her. And it says, Jamie Franklin. And I thought, well, you know, you, someone this depressed, you don't want to say, can I get back with you? <laughs> I mean, they need to feel really important at this moment. And so I just let her talk on, and I can say a few words and whatever, call back. Well, so I thought I'd call Jamie back, and that man bouncing off the ceiling. So I thought... He's up in the third heaven up there somewhere. He's done so excited about things. And I thought, I couldn't have had two more different phone calls in the span of 15 minutes in my life. I was like, one was like, can I die? And the other was like, come on back to earth. We got some things to do. Come on. <laughs> and this all happens in one day in the ministry. Well, there's people like you work with that every day. But they're not going to come in this building. Not all of them. Maybe none of them ever will. That wasn't God's plan. His plan was never to get them to me. He was to get them to you and get you to them. It was that where people were touching people. Why? Because Paul said, this is my gospel. I like how he said that. He said, he said, he said the gospel according uh, to my gospel. He said, they're, they're preaching my gospel. So when is this ever going to become not the word of God? When is this ever going to become our gospel? Our gospel. 
where God's entrusted you with something. I mean, I, I mean, I, you've heard me say it this way before. This is what I think about it. I know who the mayor is of Jemison. I have, I have met him one day in the post office, but, but just, well, no, I didn't really meet him. I said, how are you, sir? I said, hey, mayor. And he doesn't know who I was. There was other people around. He said, how you do, sir? That's all. I didn't really meet nobody, is it? So I know who he is. He don't really know who I am. And, and that's okay today. He will one day. And, uh, and I get to meet him. But I've never done anything. I've never been sent from, the, from this city to go do anything concerning this city. You say, well, it's not that big. Well, I'm just saying, that's my point. It's not that big. I've never been asked to do anything as, in, in a way of as an ambassador. But you've been sent out as an ambassador to, not to represent Jemison. Some of you live in Shelby. Some of you live in Alabaster. Some of you, where, where do y'all live? I know. <laughs> or Columbiana or whatever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some of you live in Verbena, right? Y'all know where Verbena is? Exit 200. You can't mess that one up, can you? Exit 200. Praise God. Oh, wow, I came out of that area down there. So anyway, exit 200. So do you, do you know who the mayor is of Verbena? So you don't even know who the mayor is? No. But she's a landowner. I know she is. We got good information on that. So here we are doing our thing here. But we've been asked to speak for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The, 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 the creator of all the earth. The earth is in one galaxy and there's billions of galaxies. The earth is a small, tiny planet in one galaxy and there's billions of galaxies and they're expanding at the speed of light, I suppose, all the time. And, and, and the one who created all that said, I need you to speak for me. Uh, I can't be there, but you'll do just fine. You represent me very well. That's something. So if the mayor of Jemison don't ask me nothing, that's not my problem. Amen. Well, why God put me where he put me? To bring change to that area. Come on, man. See, God, God puts light bulbs where places are dark. Come on. You ever shot a light bulb in a place that was dark? You ever find out 30 watt wasn't enough and you put a 60? God threw out his 60s and 60s and, and out of his 100 he puts you in a 150. And every time he puts you in, the circuit goes... <laughs> You blow circuits everywhere you go. Pastor Buzzy said, where, do, where does an eight hound, where, where would an 800 pound gorilla sleep? Ain't it where he wants to, Buzzy said. <laughs> Bless God, you don't tell no way to find a gorilla, he's going to sleep. He'll tell you where he's going to sleep. <laughs> so when you come in the room, you come to dominate. See what I'm saying? Amen. Well, because we something? No, because it's Christ in you. That has to be in the consciousness of all your thinking. Amen. See, if, if I go into a, hosp a hospital or a bad place and it's an impossible situation, if I'm carrying Eric Weston, I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, but you know, I got stung by a bee this morning. I got three ant bites, you know, and and I forgot to pay the water bill and I cut that off, and I got to get up there and pay, you know. See, I I just carry that in there, but they don't need that. They need heaven in there. They need heaven to touch their life. And you have heaven in you. It's, it's, it's been put in your power and authority to release heaven. 
Well, we know when we get to heaven because at every funeral we'll say, well, just thank God there's no more suffering, no more pain, no more this. Well, bring that now. Bring that now. Stop the suffering now. Stop the pain now. Stop the sickness now. Some say, well, I, I, I hadn't been that successful. Keep practicing. First several years, everyone I prayed for died, but I didn't kill them. They were dying anyway. I mean, I just kind of got in their way. I mean, I, I, every time, you know, when I get up to bat when I used to be a kid, I wasn't thinking about getting a base hit or I wasn't trying to, what, what do you call it, the bunt the ball, what was that? What do you call it? Yeah, bunt the ball. I wasn't trying to steal a base. I was trying to knock it out of the park. I wanted a trophy. I guess I wasn't being a team player, was I? <laughs> I wasn't waiting until the bases were loaded. I mean, all I could think about is just like, can we knock the cover off this ball? And I did that a couple of times, and a lot of times I struck out trying not to cover off the ball. But every time I go under, I'm, th I, I'm just thinking about it and say, well, she has cancer. All I'm thinking about is we, we, we're going in here to kill it. Amen. I'm a cancer killer. I'm a terrorist. Yeah. I come to terrorize cancer. And you say, we love you, but you can't just kind of growl at it. We kind of Christian cuss it. Not by any words that they call cussing. I'm not going to David Dixon, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> they make a little t-shirt you ever saw that said, I'm a Christian, but I cuss a little bit. <laughs> I started sending David that t-shirt. <laughs> he says, so God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Well, it's time to confound somebody. Huh? It is. Not put them to sleep. Confound them. Praise God. I mean, when I was a kid, I got confounded. I had a... Uh, it don't matter who it is, but let's just say I was a kid and there was an adult and, and, they, and they said, well, let's go swimming. I said, I can't swim. He said, you can't swim? I said, no. He grabbed me by the rear of my britches and napped my neck and <laughs> threw me like that. He said, learn fast, boy. <laughs> I don't think it was the YMCA style. Or, you know. All I knew to do is do a dog thing. And as long as I did the dog thing, you know, I traded water. I come up coughing and sputtering and all kind of stuff. And I said, what'd you do that for? He said, well, you said you couldn't swim. He said, it looked like you can. He said, I'm an instructor. <laughs> he confounded me. <laughs> but I found out in a, in, if I got in a bad way, I could swim. <laughs> then. See, most people don't know what they can't do because they're not willing to do anything. Most people waiting for God to send them some money. To do what? Well, what you going to do with it? Why would God need to write a check to do nothing? Why would God write a check to do nothing? Well, you know, I've heard this so many times. Pastors hear this all, I mean, their whole ministry. I tell you what, God, if you'll just give me, I win the lottery, I win that $3 million, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tithe, I'll, gi I'll give the tithe and, a, and an offering to the church. Well, he don't believe that. Dear God, he can't even get you to tithe on $100. You don't think he's going to get you to tithe on three million, but he can't get a $10 bill out of you, do you? Not y'all tapes go everywhere. This is Wednesday night, right? Confound. Let's see if y'all appreciate we wouldn't be going through all this now. I tried to get somebody else up here. But nobody had anything. Hallelujah. Now watch here. 
And the base things of the world, which are despised, hath God chosen, and things which are not to bring to, bring to naught things that are. Let's say that in Amplified. Let's see if it makes more sense. God selected, deliberately chose what's in the world, what the world considered as low-born, insignificant, and branded, and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing that he might dispose and bring to nothing the things that are, or that think they are. Things that think they are. See, a lot of, there's a lot of gifting in the house. And because you hadn't met Jesus at a bush and told you you can go teach something, you're like, well, I don't know I could do that. I, I left Raymond and, uh, and, and shook the Hagen's hand, left my diploma, and after two years, and I thought I was just going to go back to Venice World. I said, don't, I, the last thing I told somebody, he said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know, but I know the one thing I'll never do, I ain't never going to pass no church. <laughs> That's after leaving Raymond, being taught how to be led by the Spirit two years. <laughs> I said, this is one thing I'll never do. He said, why? I said, I just ain't into that. Oh, I just, but I had this concept. I'd seen some things in churches I didn't like, and it just made me sick to watch them. And I said, I ain't never going to do that. Not going to do that. Here we are. Here we are. So I didn't have any of those lead peoples. So the Lord will let you believe. I, here's what I found out. The Lord will let you believe a lie. He will. You may think that sounds wrong. No, he'll, he'll let you believe something that's, uh, that was too strong. Excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. He'll let you believe something's not true. I shouldn't have said lie. He'll let you believe something that's not quite true. If he'll get you where he wants to get you to. But when he took you to Peru the first time, he didn't tell you about no mountain up there. He could have. He could have showed you all of it. Could have showed you last week. Ten years ago, he said, I'll hold that back for a little while. <laughs> if I tell you how much money he's going to need in his lifetime, <laughs> he said he'll, he'll die right here in Peru. We'll never get him back home. <laughs> we won't share all that today. <laughs> Amen. That's what's in you. The Bible says of his fullness you have received. Didn't say he kind of dabbled you. I, I grew up Pentecostal, so I, I, I never been out, and I don't, hey, you know, whichever way. You know, I, I know the, the Catholics, different ones, the, the baptized, and they sprinkle you or something. Pentecostals ain't been sprinkled with nothing. Man, they took you down. And if they thought you'd been one of them mean suckers, they held you down for a long time. Long time. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you're dead, and when you get up, you, you, you don't know if you're not dead, but you know you're waterlogged. You know, you've been down so long, your skin's soft. Look like you've been washing dishes for four hours. That's, you've been down a while. Yeah. And so, here it is. He says, I call the things that look weak and the things that look foolish and the things that nobody can see anything in or benefit to would have anything to say or any call or any gift to them at all. He said, that's, that's who I chose. I chose them on purpose. He said, to sit down some intelligent looking thing over here. They're some intelligent people. And thank God for their intelligence. And sometimes God can use some intelligent people. But Paul Young and Cho built the largest church in the world, almost a million people. And he said, I ain't never seen many people who's really intelligent ever in the ministry who did anything. They asked him why. He said, because they're too smart to think they're as smart as he is. 
the question them every time they ask you something. Well, I don't, you know, you know, they'll say, God, boy, now, have you thought about this? God said, oh, no, I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, no, look, we better not do that. Appreciate you bringing that up. You know, Luke ran around with Jesus. He was a physician. But Jesus never asked his advice about anything, about anybody who's sick. Why would he? Why, I mean, why would he? If God gets some dirt like this and goes, and there's Luke, why would he ask that? <laughs> I mean, if you can scoop dirt and go, he don't need our advice. He needs our cooperation. That's what's in us. That's what's in us. You know, we might as well, we might as well cut bait or close shop. Because the world's full of churches. It's full of them. He don't need someone else to open up and, and you know, and come together and sing three or four patty cakes on Sunday. Someone empty their brain of whatever thing they believe and have a little fist Sunday singing dinner on the grounds and hug a few folks here and there. Do we? There's, there's plenty of them do it. I was on the road traveling some ways yesterday doing some things, and I thought, my gosh, I said, I ain't been 10 miles. I done passed 17 Baptist churches. How, how could you have 17 Baptist churches in, in, in a stretch of less than 10? Well, I didn't mean to exaggerate. I mean, how could you have this many churches in less than, you know, five miles? And they're all the same denomination. Could you imagine if, if they pulled all the resources in, in one place instead of having still have 10 mortgages and 10 light bills and 10 this and all that, but they can't do that. You know why? Because they can't agree on anything. And who's going to be in charge? Well, maybe I'll sit down so you can be in charge. Well, how's God going to take care of me? Well, let's sit down. We'll find out. Till you sit down, we ain't none going to know. Well, if I sit down and he don't take care of me, I'm in a mess. Well, if you think like that, I don't need to learn from you anyway. Right? What's wrong with being the second man? What's wrong with being an associate? What's wrong with being the, the, the bus driver? What's wrong with being the usher? More people listen to you than they will to me. As soon as they ask me what I do for a living, I, I, I don't lie to them because it, it's true, but I've got to where now, if I, if I can get out of it, they'll say, well, what, what do you do? I say, I'm in sales. I am in sales. That's not, that's not a lie. Am I in sales? What do you think I'm selling you right now? JC, Incorporated, Jesus Christ Incorporated, straight up. Right? I didn't did I read the Reader's Digest? Did I tell you we need to be scared about the election? No, I'm just selling straight up Jesus Christ tonight. Him crucified. What you going to do with him? What's he going to do with you? Well, I got the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I know we did, but do you have, does he have you? It ain't whether you got him. The thing is, does he have you? See, the thing is, well, I think, you know, about, I am worried about if I run into someone who's possessed. Well, you need to get possessed yourself. <laughs> Instead of worrying about running to someone who's possessed, when are you going to get possessed? You need to, get, you need to have a takeover. We all do. Amen. We do. Why? Because we've got these four walls. And I suppose like these gentlemen who leave the, the four walls, and the, they found out the church is bigger than this right here. 
And it looks differently. We was watching all the videos Sunday, you know. They had the service and they were showing us a lot of things. And I was, we was watching you, different ones ministering. That lady, you know, and showing her the fingers. And, and I thought, and, and, you know, he just had a bunch of thoughts. And I thought, this is probably one of the nicest houses out there. But I thought, that, that'd be depressing. Most people say, this is where you're going to live from now on. I was like, really? I don't need to see no fingers. <laughs> I don't want to see this no more. Why? Because you've done seen something better. Right? But, you know, they, they don't have nothing compared to so it might be the best thing going. Right. But when you come into that and, and, and you can bring the life of God and you can lay hands on someone and you can release life and you can release healing and you can release, release the anointing and a woman who can't see a light fixture can now count fingers. I'm telling you what, you've brought heaven into that home. Amen. 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 What, you, what have you done? You've taken authority over something. You're in there raising hell, R-E-Z. E hell, raising hell, R-A-Z-E. Listen, R-A-Z-E. I know people don't always listen to church. That's why I said it a bunch of time. Oh, church, he's cussing like that. Tell me, raising hell. R-A-Z-E. Not R-A-I-S-E. R-A-Z-E. Raise hell. That means to utterly destroy, demolish, put down, and to overthrow. That's what the youth groups call. It's called revolution. See, it's easy to put a name on a group, but are you that? Huh? That means to overthrow, a complete overthrow. And what we need to overthrow is us. What we think and why we think and why church has to be the way that it is. I think we ought to just mix things up, whether it's the Holy Ghost or not, just so we have to... Because we get in such, a, we get in such a, a, a format of just saying, well, you do this, then you do this, then you do this, then you do this. I was just telling you, and some of y'all probably thought it was strange, but this, this is my personality. I like things mixed up sometimes. That's why I need the balance of my wife, because she's a person of order. If I didn't have her, I couldn't find anything. <laughs> Wouldn't know what time we're going to do it or where and with who. I need that. But at the same time, she needs some of my personality because I, I put some spice in there. <laughs> I said, we're going to go to the beach. She said, that sounds great. I went and shot about two hours. <laughs> Why? I just thought of it. <laughs> but a fella can get messed doing that sometimes, you know, just you know, right off the cuff. So you, so you need both of that. I was telling you about when, when Wynn Goss and I went to Longhorns, and I said, I said, there's a lot of folks in here. It's going to take a while to get something to eat. We're both hungry. He said, yeah, I'm pretty hungry. I said, well, if we went to the Mexican place, we could chew on some chips, but we're not there. And we couldn't get no bread from the folks. I thought, well, what happened to the bread? I thought you got bread. Well, we'll try that. We'll put you in the order. I don't want to know. I want some bread. <laughs> I said, never mind. Hey, I said, can, can we do something different? He said, do anything you want to, my permission. I said, we want the dessert menu. Oh, she said, y'all just going to have dessert today? I said, no, we're going to have everything, but we're going to start with dessert. She looked at me like I said, I said, is it, can you do that here? Well, yeah. I said, well, that's what we want to do. I want the dessert menu. She says, I've always wondered if I'd ever meet someone who did this. I said, we here? <laughs> and I said, I've got a good tip in my pocket. If you do good, this is going to be yours. And I showed her a $50 bill. She said, she said, dessert me is coming up. <laughs> and we had, uh, uh, what I tell you, we, we, we had uh, chocolate, uh, you know, key lime, raspberry, you know, key, it was key lime, raspberry, 
whatever it was. It was good. Then they took the chocolate and went shh like that. And, and I took a bite and then he took a bite. And I, he looked at me and I looked at him. And I said, what you think? He says, this was a good decision. <laughs> I said, I said, William's my spiritual father. I said, now have you, have you ever, have you ever done this? Because he's older than I am. He says, never. He said, but see, we're never too young, too old to learn. <laughs> and uh, so, I, so we got through that. She started bringing the bill. She forgot. I said, oh no, 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 no. We, we, now some of the people are are starting to leave. You know. I said, now, now we want to have a, well, we, we got that and we ordered our meal. She brought that. And then I said, now we want to order an appetizer. <laughs> and at the end, I said, I'm still looking for my bread. <laughs> <laughs> and that girl gave us more attention. She thought it was the silliest thing she'd ever saw in her life. But she was having more fun with us, and she knew that little 50 was down there. <laughs> I said, this could be yours. I didn't say it would. Could be yours. <laughs> Believe me, you'll get some attention. Just put that, always put it right there. Say, now this, this is what we, this is what's our, our thinking to give you. But it's going to depend on some things. That's good. We all do that with church sometimes. Well, just come in and preach about 20 minutes. Then we ought to give up and, you know, give up and get up and, you know, maybe receive the offering or have about three testimonies. In the whole service, praise worship. And then if it's late, it'll be their fault. <laughs> Won't be mine. Come on, Come on. Have an altar call as soon as you get in the building. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Get up here right now. <laughs> don't work on them. Don't soften them up. Don't do anything. <laughs> don't squall them out. And, I mean, you know, 10.30, come up here and say, all right, we're going to have church. Here we go. You know Jesus, not you're going to hell. You're going to go to hell, you're going to burn. It's going to be hot. You want to do that? That's stupid. Get up here. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. You know it's true. <laughs> Buddy Bell said, it's true. <laughs> but see, we, we know how it's going to work every time. So we just, people who don't like music, you know, or, or likes, likes more sleep, they just ease in about 11 o'clock. You ain't going to get out of praise worship in heaven. No. You're going to be up. Amen. God made it to where you don't need sleep. Amen. Right. Amen. And can't you imagine Jesus is the bread of heaven, and this is called the bread of life. Can you imagine the first time you're in heaven and Jesus walks in the room in all of his glory and the word opens up and the word Jesus reads the word? Can you imagine what it's going to sound like for the Word to read himself? I bet it won't be some of the things I get. <laughs> Amen. Go to Romans chapter 4. You got to see this. Because see, you're... What, we, what you are is a world changer. But I think everything, everything in your Christian life would depend on how well you understand 
and you can disagree with us, that's fine. I mean, you always have the right to disagree and be wrong, but you, but you have, no, I'm just kidding. But, but, but no, you have a right to disagree with us, but I think everything in Christian life, your success in your Christian life, and what you, who you are and what you're called to be and what you understand about these things, is only if you truly understand and you become com completely, as much as you can in your lifetime, established in righteousness. I was talking with a pastor last week, and I said, what, what you preaching? And he said, well, we're preaching on the manifestations of the sons of God. I said, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. He said, you still preach on grace sometimes? I said, about every time I think about it. He said, I just don't understand that. I said, grace, or you don't understand why I do it? <laughs> and I didn't even mean it to do that. I mean, it, it just happened, and I think it was the Holy Ghost That's is a little wake-up call. That's good. <laughs> but I remember when I was where he was before April 2011, so I don't throw a stone anybody. And he says, I just don't see nothing about that. You know, that it last over two or three services, much less a year or two or three. I said, well, Paul said... He said, the whole, the, the, this is the gospel. He said, some preach another gospel, and there ain't any another one. God. I said, Paul called it the whole gospel, the grace of God, the whole gospel. God. And I said, what you, so what we're saying is, if, if that's your belief, what you're telling me is you don't like preaching the gospel. <laughs> he said, if any man preach anything other than this, he said, let him be accursed, let him be damned, let him go to hell is what he said. Wow. That's, that's what, uh, read it in the Greek. He says, let him be accursed and go to hell. It's like, I'm going to preach for grace, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm look if I like it or not. <laughs> right? <clears throat> I mean, it, it, it's right there. It's in uh, Galatians chapter, what, 1? What I just said, or Colossians 1. And it's, it, it's this whole thing, because he was, he was all about law. He was all about Judaism. He was all about, you know, do good, get good. Do wrong, get wrong. To the point to where you're persecuting the Christian. You say, I wonder why Jesus called him. He liked his perseverance. He liked his passion. I think. I don't know why God called him. But I tell you what. If you get a guy who is as committed as Saul of Tarsus was Amen. to imprison folks and throw them off cliffs and put them in prison and have them killed and have them stoned uh, for the purpose of saying this is a sect of the Jews that are just crossways from God and God has to be angry with you and I'm going to make sure I'm a clean house for God. The only thing he had was, the only thing that was wrong was all of his doctrine was wrong. But his heart must have been right about some things. And God said, I can use that. All I got to do is just reach and get everything out and put something brand new in. You know, it's like that story you talk about, that guy who had that car so long and he says, I just... My car motors, they said it's blown, and I just, I want ever something, this car to stay original. He just begged the mechanic, said, there's got to be some way you can fix this car. I just want it to stay original. I mean, it's, I've had this thing 30 years, and I just, is there any way you can fix this, leave this in? He said, uh-uh. So he went and got another opinion, same thing. Is there any way you can salvage this motor, you can fix this? And, build? and he said, uh-uh. So... He went back to the first guy because he knew him. He says, well, I hate to get a second opinion, but you're right. He said, you've got to be able to do something. Can I keep any part of this motor to be original? He said, oh, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. He said, what can I do? He said, you can keep the radiator, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else has got to go. <laughs> bad shape. <laughs> and that's what we were before Christ. We were in bad shape. And God could have fixed us up. 
he could have rebuilt the bottom engine or the top engine and done all it. That's pretty much see there. I, I, I know some things about mechanics. Top and bottom, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> but he took all of it out and he threw it away. And he put it in us and he said, I'm going to make one new man. And I'm going to make them in my class, in my image. He says, and I'm going to, they're going to be imputed, which is an accounting term. He said, they're going to be righteous because it's going to be my righteousness. He said, I'm not going to throw some righteousness in there. He said, they're going to be righteous with my righteousness. That's why as he is, so are you in this earth. What part, what part as he is, so are you right now in righteousness in the earth? So you have to understand spirit, soul, and body to be able to get that. Because if not, you look to your body, what you did last Wednesday or didn't do, or this morning or didn't do, and you'll check your behavior and your thoughts, and you'll say, no, that ain't me. So I was telling this guy who's preaching the manifestation of sons of God, he said, you know, the, the, the hard thing is to get people to step up and go out and do things and minister to people. They say amen, but they won't go out and do things. And I said, well, one of the reasons you might find that is is because they don't feel qualified. He said, well, my folks ain't under the law. I said, I didn't say he's under the law. I'm just saying, but I bet you I could come down there for about four or five weeks if you wasn't there and I'd just preach some of these things and some of them say, wow. Even though you think they all got that, they don't, they don't all have it because I, I don't have it. I heard Joseph Prince say, if, if I get off grace for a few weeks, he said, I find myself working under the law again. Man, if he, if he gets under the law, yeah. it takes a while to get this, don't yeah. it? Because he said the, the, the Father is, tr is, is three times holy. Tree. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say the other thing he says. <laughs> that sounds close to a bowel movement. I was just like, I said, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> and so, um, <clears throat> in other words, you could agree with me that of the scriptures of who the body of Christ is and what they're capable of and who they are in Christ, you could be taught all that, right? You could be taught who you are in Christ. And, and if you believe the Bible, you'd have to say, well, that's true. I mean, it's in the Bible's New Testament. And I see that. But if you're living in guilt and condemnation and you got some stuff in your life and you do, if you have a, a body... I mean, you, you, you haven't reached perfection and no one has in a sense of human behavior, then there's something I know about someone called the accuser of the brethren. What he's going to do is come and talk to you about what you don't qualify for, even though I'll spend all my Sundays teaching 14 series on what you can do in Christ. Because you don't want to come tell me about what all's in your life sometimes. Although I ain't going to go, <gasps> you know, whatever. And I'm not going to throw a rock at you. I mean, I got stuff too. You say, what is it? And none of your business. I was like, what's your stuff? You go first, and I'll tell you what I want to tell you. <laughs> but I'm just saying people, people feel uh, less than qualified. Not because they don't see themselves stand up doing this, which they may not, not maybe not call to it, but I'm talking about just living with guilt and condemnation. The accuser of the brother is going to come and say, this is going on. You've done this, and... You told God you'd never do that again, and that's the number what take number fourteen thousand whatever. And here you are. You think God's going to use you to raise the dead? He raised. He, you'd be good not to go to hell. So you can teach them all week long about what they can do and what the Bible says who they are, but they're not ready to go do anything. But as He is, so are you right now. Amen. With everything wrong in your life, with everything messed up in your life, 
Maybe your family life is so messed up, it's just, you, you just, part of you just like to take a bomb, just blow it up. <laughs> it's just like, just not to have to see it anymore. Just like, God. And you think you don't know about that? Jesus knows about every part of it. You say, why does he let it go on? Why does he let the hurt go on? Why does he let the pain stay there? He's not. You're in a fallen world. And maybe someone wasn't taught what you're being taught. And maybe, you know, here's what I learned about people who grew up and they grew up in a hurting home or people get hurt. See, because a, a grandmother can be mean to her daughter and, and, and then that daughter will be mean to her daughter and they can have problems. And here's what I know about life. Hurting people hurt people. They do. Now, that's not to say they don't love. That's just they haven't, they haven't learned about this life. They don't know who they are, what's available to them. They don't know how much Jesus loves them. And since they don't know, and they're, 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 they're living in such pain, and people who's in pain is looking to get out of pain. Did you know that? That's why you have substance abuse. Substance abuse is because they're in pain, and they want out of pain. The phone call today was, would you pray, would you please pray, Pastor West, that is it okay, would I still go to heaven if you prayed and I could die today? Because I, I, I just can't take life anymore, and I won't take my life, but would you pray to, that God would, would let me go today? Because they're in pain. Physical pain. Mental anguish. And... Uh, so hurting people hurt people. If you see an animal that's wounded and you go out the middle of the road and pick up a little puppy just got hit by a truck and it's sitting there squalling, you know, just whatever, and you reach down and you're going to rush it to the vet or wherever you're going to take it, that dog's probably going to bite you because it's in pain. And that's what people do. And if that's your situation, I wish that it wasn't, but I'm going to tell you something. Even in that situation, uh, even in the situation that you're in, God will give you something special, whether you're being raised in that home or, or whether that's you. But especially for those who are the innocent who's being raised in the home, He can put something in you and insulate you to the place. He can give you so much of His grace to, to, to what they're doing don't even bother you like it used to. Amen. That what you feel for them is not anger. What you feel for them is pity. And then you could go in and pour your heart out to God, and, and God will deliver them. I said, God will deliver them. God knows how to deliver people. He's good at it. He's really good at it. He's been doing it ever since. Let there be. Let there be. And he probably won't use you to do it, but he'll use your prayer to do it. And he'll send someone else along because here's, I mean, he, he might use you. He might use you. But a lot of times he has to use someone else. Because the old saying is, someone who's traveling 50 miles away from their home with a briefcase is an expert. It's like one man was telling me uh, about his wife, and he'd learned a bunch of things in, in school and all that kind of stuff, and he'd come home and share it with, uh, with his wife, and he says, he says, she won't listen to me. He said, turn on the commercial about anything to do with medicine or nutrition or whatever. And he says, if they're on TV with a commercial and they're wearing a white coat, he says, she believes everything they say. He said, and I tried to tell him, but that ain't right. He said, he won't listen to me. I said, well, I know what your problem is. He said, well, I said, you ain't got a white coat. 
I said, get your white coat, boy, fix the whole thing. <laughs> she believes the white coat. <laughs> Amen. God won't let it go that way. He don't have to stay that way. You can either, you can stay there and be bitter or you can, or you can be better. I can't promise it's going to change by in the morning, but I'm telling you, if you, uh, the quicker you give it to God and quit trying to handle it yourself, the quicker you'll get a response from heaven. Amen. And here's what I know. Love can't fail. It can't fail. Love, love don't know how to fail. Love never lost a battle. Never. Never, never, never has love ever lost a battle. We used to have Robert Scales. He'd come in and preach on the love of God. He's pastor in Tennessee, and he had a situation. And he said, God said, don't marry her. And uh, this woman, he said, because you'll go through lots of pain if you, if you marry her. And so what he did is he went ahead and married her. And guess what happened? He had lots of pain. And because she'd been abused in ever imaginable way by her father, she brought that into her home. And so she was mad at all mankind, that, you know, that walked on two legs. And he didn't do any of those things, but she was just mad at the whole male human race. And then he ended up in the ministry. He said, for almost 10 years, I'd leave home. And he says, my wife and I never had any type of relations. And as far as I'll go tonight on that, he said, which is pretty tough to go 10 years. He said, and I could have easily left her and I would have had rights to leave her. He said, but I refused to leave my son in a home like my father left me. He says, and every time... I'd come home and I've been gone preaching for three weeks and I'd come home and she'd reject me. He said, she'd take the sheets and she'd, t she'd tuck them under on both sides. And he would just reach over just to touch her hair. She said, he said, and, and he said, that only went on for 10 years. He said, so what I'd do, I'd get up and go downstairs and I'd cry my heart out. He said, I'd give my heart to God because my heart's broken. I said, God, I can't go in. You'll have to fix my heart if I'm going to go in. He said, I'm going to ask you not to lay that to her charge. I'm going to ask you to forgive her and don't lay that against her. And he says, and give me what I need to go on another day. And God did that for 10 years. Well, I've been in their home more than once. And almost their, their marriage is almost sickening. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Don't hang on, let me do that. Like, Stop it already. It's enough. <laughs> but most people would never go through what 10 years of what he went through. Because she had a broken heart. Does it take 10 years? No, it may take 10 minutes. Maybe like Zona Hayes' daughter comes in there and an angel comes in and scares the you-know-what out of her. <laughs> she straightened up just like that. Maybe like uh, uh, who we have in uh, years ago in South Africa, uh, uh, Drum and Tom. His dad was a, a prophet, tra traveled all America, but before he was a prophet, he was a Class A drunk, alcoholic. And... Uh, he had some folks at the church praying for him, and some woman come to the church to witness, to, uh, come to his home to witness to him, and open up the door, and said, <laughs> this is a Pentecostal woman, and she, and his wife was going to church, and he, she said, my husband's a drunk, and she said, she said, well, it'd be okay if I wouldn't talk to him. I don't think that's gonna be a good idea. She said, well, can I? She said, I ain't saying you can, but I don't think it's gonna be no good idea. Well, she took that as yes. She opened the door and she said, I'm so-and-so, go to church with your wife. I'll come talk to you about Jesus. And he said, I don't want to hear about your blankety-blank Jesus. Boom, slammed the door. 
that woman, all that done, just get her ready. <laughs> she, 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 boop, 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 she knocked on the door. He said, <laughs> she, she knocked on the door again. He said, what in the blankety blank blank don't you understand about whatever? And she jumped. She jumped from the outside into the inside and grabbed his face and said, come out, devil! <laughs> <laughs> not your normal door-to-door witnessing for Jesus. <laughs> and said so he had him all over the yard. Come out! Come out! 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 <laughs> and he had ulcers from drinking so long that his stomach and his the, the lining of his stomach was gone, and he was he was going to die an alcoholic and everything. <clears throat> And she left, and she said, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> so she just want to come by and just invite you to church. <laughs> He's laying out in the grass. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, the book's called The New Wine. Yeah, and so uh, only book, I've had four books in my lifetime I had to read from beginning to end. I couldn't stop. That was one of the five that I had to read. I could not stop until I finished it. I was mesmerized by every page. It was supernatural. Every page is like, God. They don't print anymore, so you have to find an old one. If you get one, the page is going to be brown from age. The new wine, Robert Tom, T-H-O-M. And, uh, and I have one book. And if you want it, $500. No, I was kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, but the thing was, they came to church. Uh, the church came to him, that one woman. He did the same thing he did the next morning. Supposed to be going to work. He went, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, goes into a bar. He don't ever go to work. Sam, the bartender, pour me up a mug. He, oh, he said, are you trying to poison me? Whatever. He walks out of the bar. He goes to the next one. Same thing. Goes next one, same thing. Goes next one, same thing. He said, the whole city's got together trying to poison me. He's never able to drink again. The, the taste of liquor and alcohol was so bad that when it would touch his stomach, he'd and go into dry heaves. He lost all the taste for liquor with one Pentecostal woman jerking his beard off of his, you know, <laughs> wrestling the devil out of him. Come on, come on. Come on, y'all, y'all. Uh, she figured she said y'all because it got to be more than one. Y'all, come out here. <laughs> now, I, I'm not saying that you need to go do that, but I'm just telling you that's what happened. That's it, a measure of that's in you. I didn't say all that. <laughs> a measure of that's in you. Romans chapter 4. We'll finish here. Romans chapter 4. We'll begin reading with Romans chapter 3. Now watch this, Romans chapter 3. Verse 20 says, I'm in the Amplified, says, No person will be justified or made righteous, will be acquitted and judged acceptable in his sight, by observing 
the works prescribed by the law. The real function of the law is to make men recognize and conscious of sin. The function of the law was to what? To recognize and make you conscious of sin. Not a mere perception, but an acquaintance with sin which works towards repentance, faith, and character. But now the righteous God has been revealed apart and altogether apart from the law actually is attested by the law and the prophets. Namely, the righteous God which comes by what? Believing with personal trust and confidence, reliance on Jesus Christ the Messiah, and it is meant for all who believe, for there is no distinction. It goes on to say a number of things there, but then it comes down here to verse 28, and the Amplified says, For we hold that a man is justified and made upright by faith, independent and indistinctly apart from good deeds or the works of the law. The observance of the law, the observance of the law, keeping the law, to observe the law, to keep it, has nothing to do with your justification. Mm. Keeping the law, doing real good, being real good, which is a good thing, but it has nothing to do with salvation. You being justified. It has nothing to do with it. He didn't say it's only 40% of it. He said, he said it don't even have nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. So therefore, we're not justified. So they asked the question in Romans chapter 4 about Abraham. Verse 1 says, uh, verse 2 says, If Abraham was justified, in other words, if God justified Abraham, established and just if he, by acquittal from guilt, by good works. In other words, if Abraham was justified by God because he did good works, then what grounds for boasting does he have? In other words, if he could do it by works, there might be, he might could boast about it. He said, but you can't do it before God. Verse 3 says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in, trusted in God, and it was credited to his account as righteousness, which is right living and right standing with God. Verse 4, to a laborer, to a laborer, in other words, when you go to work, you're a laborer. When you clock in, you're a laborer. If you work for yourself and you present a bill, you're a laborer. To a laborer, his wages are not counted as a favor or a gift. In other words, Keith, when you, you, you go put in a 40-hour work week, okay? Whether you get paid weekly, monthly, whatever. So if you get paid monthly, it's 160 hours. And then they give you a check and they say, here, we're going to give this gift. Do you consider that a gift? No. <laughs> now, if they gave you two checks and you only did one work, there'd be some gift in there, right? She laughed. <laughs> she said she didn't need to look up the Hebrew on that. <laughs> so if they give you a check for 160 hours and you work it, there's no gift in there, is it? There's no favor in there, right? That's what they owed you, right? So this is what this is saying. To a laborer, to one who labors, what verse am I on? To a laborer, his gifts are not counted as a gift, a favor. It's an obligation, something owed to them. Okay? But to the one who by not working by the law trusts, believes fully in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited to him as right standing, the standing acceptable to God. David congratulates the man and announces a blessing on him to whom God credits righteousness apart from the work he does. You listening? 
Blessed and happy to be envied are those whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered up, and God completely bears them. Your sins what? Completely buried. Until you tell someone about it and they dig it up. Blessed and happy to be envied is the person who's the sin the Lord will take no account nor reckon it against him. You hear any good news in there? So when they say, well, I'm trying to manifest the sons of God, but can't get them to do nothing. You, you're not until, until they get this out of them. Because they, they believe that, but they don't believe they qualify for it. Because they had not heard any good news. Now, look, look, look at verse 16. Start verse 16, go a little bit further. Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith. Oh, my gosh. So God gave Abraham a promise. That promise is the same to us that it was to Abraham. So it says, inheriting the promise of God is the outcome of faith. In it depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor. Now let me say that slower because I, because we'll just, I don't want to just read. For you to inherit the promise is, an, is, a, is a product, the outcome of faith. It depends how much? Entirely on your faith. In order that it might be given as an act of what? Which is what? Unmerited favor. You didn't earn it, right? If you do it this way, it makes it stable and valid and guaranteed to all descendants, not only to the devotees and the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who's just the father of us all. And that's verse 16, right? All right, now watch here. Now he'll take, you to, he'll take you to your spiritual father, Abraham. Verse 17, as is written, he said, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed. God told Abraham, I am making you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God. See, he, he received a call. We start off 1 Corinthians, not many noble are called. Not many wise are called. Not many sometimes high IQ are called. Not, sometimes they don't have lots of degrees. Sometimes they didn't finish school. Sometimes they don't even know what school is. But God appointed him. He appointed you. You have an appointment before you leave this earth. You've been appointed by the same father he was appointed from, by in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they what? So God likes to talk about things that has not manifested as if they already manifest. To manifest as the sons of God, you have to understand that you're 100% completely righteous all the time, especially when you miss it. Did you get that last part? You're 100% righteous it's easy for you to believe that when you're having a great day or a great week. But I'm talking about as soon as you blow it. As soon as you blow it, that has nothing to do with your righteousness. That's an inside thing. It's sealed in your spirit. So some things need to take place to, to clear all that up, but you're 100% righteous all the time. The moment you get to heaven, they'll not upgrade your righteousness. Now you're going to lose this body. God don't want it. You get to heaven, you'll, you'll have new spirit, 
I mean, you'll have new soul, you'll have new body, which is spirit. God won't take this one. He don't need it. I jokingly say, you don't need nothing you got. Don't need your toothbrush, your underwear. He don't need nothing. He don't need, he don't need to take your body. We just leave all that there. He said, we're nothing but upgrade. But he'd never upgrade your spirit because your spirit doesn't need to upgrade because as Jesus is, so are you sitting right here in Jemison, Alabama tonight. Can you, can, are you grasping how simple that was? You're as righteous as Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, sitting in a green seat in Jemison, Alabama, as Jesus is sitting in heaven. Well, I don't know if I could pray, you know, and I don't know if I, you know, you know, you know, God could use me in praying. I don't know, you know, they're kind of sick. <clears throat> See, that's, that's here. I'm, I'm trying to tell you about what's, what, what's right here. I'm not trying to get Christ in you. I'm trying to get Christ out of you. Amen. Out of us. That's good. All right, next verse. Abraham's human reason for hope was gone. Hope and faith that he would become the father of many nations as he had been promised. So numberless shall your descendants be. So the promise was your descendants shall be as the stars or the sands of the sea. Here's his problem. He's 99 years old. His wife's 90 and she can't have children. And he's got this promise. You're going to have more descendants than, than the sands of the sea. And you 99. Think you got a little situation in your mind going on? I'm trying to believe God for my light bill this month. Well, he, he had more than a light bill going on here. The promise was he would be the father of many nations, right? He's 99 years old. She's 90, and she can't have children. She's barren. So he said the human reason for hope being gone, he still hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he was promised, so none shall you since be. Next verse. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his body, which was as good as dead. Because he was about 100 years old. That was, he was 99, about to turn the corner. See, he, he's about 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. Now, people could say, you know, if, if they was 30 and 39, and, you know, they, we can see this happening. But you're 99. She's 90. She's barren. She couldn't have children when she was 20. And now she's 90? Oh, yeah, now. No, well, we, we can take vitamins now, though. Oh, oh, keep going, watch here. No, no unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubting the question concerning the promise of God. But he grew stronger, and he was empowered by faith as he complained. Oh, I'm sorry, as he gave praise. And the more he praised, the, the stronger he got. And he run distrust out the house in unbelief. Amen. Look at that. Watch here. Now this is the man who ain't under the law. He was never under the law. There was law before him. There was law after. But he was never under the law. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he promised. Now watch here. He, uh, he's satisfied. Why? And assured that who's able to keep his promise? He's satisfied. Are we? You satisfied? Think about it. Are you, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied the bill is going to be paid this month? Well, I was, but something changed. Well, that didn't change. People change all the time. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, dude, I've been pastoring 20 years. People come, people go. When they, when they go, they take a check with them too. 
Offerings go up, they go down. I'm going, well, they're going, they're going on vacation, they go down, they go, they come, they come back, they spend it all. It's like, oh, we supposed to get out. Oh, we didn't. Do, oh, what am I going to do? Send them a bill? I know churches send you bills. I had a pastor say, well, we send ours a bill. I said, well, I ain't just, I ain't got your kind of faith. I just think, send you an invoice. <laughs> I mean, if God collect, can't collect, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can go put them under a bunch of combinations. So you, my gosh, what are you thinking? You're a God robber. I could take it back under the law. So Malachi said, this belongs to the Lord. That ain't yours to spend. What have you done? Oh, my gosh. Do you know that you're going to be devoured? Leviticus says you better come up with 20% on top of that. I mean, this is like going to the places and you write a check and they hold it for a week. They don't swap you $10 for $10. You're going to come back with maybe 10 and some more, right? All right, so he was satisfied. Now, this is why, this is why his faith was created to him as what? His faith, which was only a belief, was credited as what? Now, you've got to get that. Your faith will credit you or discredit you according to your belief as whether you have a righteous standing or an unrighteous standing with God. Go ahead. By the words it was credited to him were not written for his sake alone. But they were written for your sake too. Woo. Righteousness, which is standing acceptable to God, will be granted and credited to us also who, who what? Who work and keep the law and do all the things and keep your nose clean and you know, do the fifth Sunday singing and down on the ground and show up and this and do all that and you know and only watch Andy Griffith and <laughs> Jesus is our Lord from the dead. All right. I I, I was uh, can I share this one thing with you because it, it excites me. Not man excites you, but today it hit me today and it's just about all I could do. I was like, man, I got to run somewhere. I just got to run somewhere. And then I started running. I didn't feel like it. I said, well, I'll just run in my mind. And so I, <laughs> I strained a little muscle, something in my back a while back. And I'm fine walking. But if I start running, it kind of hurts a little bit. And I said, I'm going to take off my mind. Man, I'm gone. Boom. Boom. Can you go to Deuteronomy 28? You ever hurt like that? You did okay walking, but if you start you know, put a little pressure on it, it's like, it's like I bet I didn't run my mind. <laughs> Man, I was on my fourth lap. I said, Whoo! Show me again, Lord. He knew I was excited. He said, well, I was going to show you in another translation, but I don't think you can take it today. I'll show you. I'll tell you which translation tomorrow. <clears throat> he said, A lot of things are being taught about the blessing. And I'm glad for it. The blessing. The blessing of the Lord makes you rich. And that's no sorrow to it. So people start studying because, especially word people, because we're word people, man. We look, we're looking for the facts, man. We look, <laughs> we lay it out. You know, word people are looking for, you know, we're going to build it doctrine upon doctrine, word upon word, little by little, precept upon precept. We're going to build this thing. We're going to have a case. We're going to know how this thing works, right? Or says, yeah, well, just easy, boy. Easy. Go neutral just for just a moment. Now, he didn't say don't study the blessing. 
He said, I didn't tell you to study the blessing to have faith in the blessing. He said, I told you to study righteousness. He said, because the blessing is true because of righteousness, not the other way around. Okay. See, the blessing come on him because he believed about the gospel. You didn't get that yet. People say, well, I need to study the blessing, how the blessing comes. Now, 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 we can study the blessing, and you ought to get Brother Couple's good book about the blessing. You can see how it was in the Garden of Eden. You can see how it was in Noah's day, and you can see about this, and you can see about that. Man, it's exciting. But it's all based on one key, righteousness. And because you're right with God and you're standing right with God, all the resources of God come to you because of your right standing, not because you've learned about a blessing. Matthew 6, he was answering the question about the Gentiles. He said, why do you want to be like them? You're sick in there. Ask questions. What are we going to eat? How are we going to be clothed? How are we going to pay the light bill? How are we going to pay the mortgage? How are we going to pay the car payment? How are we going to pay the insurance? How am I going to get my kids back right? How am I going to do this? Remember that? And then the verse, he said, here's what you need to do. Quit asking those questions. Seek first his kingdom and his, he says, and then the blessing see, comes by way of your righteousness. Not because you learned about a blessing. Try to have faith for a blessing. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 28, look here. Oh, King James, King Jimmy would be just great. Here we go. We're going to finish right here. Woo! Can y'all do that? Woo! <laughs> now, I, I should have read some verses before this. But when you keep the law under the old covenant, no one did, but if you could, then, then these were the, you can leave it up there. If you could have kept the law prescribed in the old covenant, which no one did, but if you could, this is some of the things that would be yours. Bob, behind door number three, because you would have kept the, you'd have guessed it right. You'd have got behind what's door number three, you know, whatever. <laughs> but no one could keep the law. Now, you know the last part of Deuteronomy is all about the curses if you don't keep the law. Now, they knew then because they're getting them on a regular basis because they know I'm keeping the law. But here is the, the, here is the blessing package for those who could keep the law. Now, you know this, and I won't, I won't take time to do it because you know it, you're trained in this. When Jesus fulfilled the law for you, it was the same as if in your place as if you had kept the law. See, Jesus fulfilled all the law to a jot and tittle. Then he laid that to your credit and said, in other words, it's like he took the test for you because you didn't know the answers. Then he wrote your name on it and you got in, you got 100. That's good. I did that twice, got caught in school. But anyway, because <laughs> the teachers, it wasn't my handwriting. She said, boy, you ain't got that much sense. You didn't. She said, whose paper are you looking at? <laughs> so anyway, but this is keeping, this is what, if you kept the law. So in Jesus, in what he did for you, every one of y'all have kept all the law. Now, the scripture says he didn't set it aside when it was kept. He said he fulfilled it, the functional law, and because now he fulfilled it for you, not only do you not get the penalty. See, what we think is, whew, now we won't, get, we won't get the curse of the law. We won't. That's good news, right? But there, it's better than that. It's not that you don't get the curse of the law. You get the blessing for having kept it that you didn't keep. Amen. 
I just ran again. This is easier on me, too. I don't breathe so hard. Watch here, verse 1. All right, now, do, do this. Pam, you help me do this because you work with this group over here. Now, remember, we kept the law, right, through Jesus. You have fulfilled every job. You have kept 613 laws plus the 10. Every day. If you did, this is what's yours. Jesus did it for you because we couldn't do it, and then he laid this all to your credit. So now it's no longer unmerited favor. It's just favor because now we merit it. <laughs> See, we always talk about we got unmerited favor. We did. That's good. But now we, we merit it. Amen. Right? Think about what I'm saying. Without Jesus, we, we can't do it. If we could do it, he says, if, if a man was to work 40 hours, they'd give him a check and say, hey, we want, we want to bless you. You ain't blessed me nothing, man. You owe me that. Right. Now, if he gave, paid me for 50 hours, he blessed me with 10 more hours pay, right? So he said, Abraham couldn't do this. But God said, here's how, what I'm going to do through you and through these children that you're going to have in this family. I'm going to have a son through you, through your lineage. And it, I'm going to tell you the gospel for the gospel gets here. And so God set Abraham down and he preached him the whole gospel before Jesus ever, before an angel ever showed up to Mary and says, highly favored are you? And, and Abraham heard this whole thing. He says, whoa, something like that, you And so he's like, and he said, yeah, this is going to be called the gospel. It's going to come through you. And he said, what do you think? He says, I believe it. He said, uh, write that down. He believes it. He said, he has become the first righteous man who's ever been preached the gospel. He says, and everyone who believes what he believes is just as righteous as, what he, is, as he is, and he'll get what he gets. So now... Jesus has fulfilled all the law to the jot and tittle. You agree with that, right? right. But he did it for you. Right. So it was laid to your credit as if you have kept all the law and you have crossed every T and dotted every I. So Deuteronomy 28 is yours. Amen. 1 through what? 15 is yours. Here is what is yours. Let's read. And it came to pass, if you shall hearken diligently to the voice of thy God, to observe and do all his commands, which I command you this day, that the Lord God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings are about to come on you woo, and overtake you if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. You're going to be blessed in the city. You're going to be blessed in the field. The fruit of your body, the fruit of the ground, the fruit of the cattle, the fruit of the kind, the flocks of thy sheep. That's your stocks and your bonds and your 401s and your 402s and all that. You shall be blessed in your basket and your store. That means your purse. That means your savings account. That means, you know, right? Put it in today. Blessed will you be when you come in, and blessed will you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise up against you to be smitten before your face, and they'll come out against you one way, but they're going to try to leave from you seven different ways. That's like slapping a horn's nest thinking that was a bad idea. <laughs> You're looking for a pond, boy. You're like, oh, the bad idea. <laughs> the Lord shall come. He shall what? Now, 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 now through Jesus, who's kept the law in here, all of it? Through Jesus, who's kept the law in here? All right. Now, because of that, he's going to command a blessing come on you. Who's, who's going to command it? You ever see the Lord give a command? They said, well, we'll, we'll get back with you. 
The Lord will command his blessing upon you in your storehouse and all that you set your hand to, and shall bless you in the land which the Lord thy God has given you. Boom, next. The Lord will establish you a holy people unto himself as he has sworn. I mean, he swore to this, that if you shall keep the commandments of the Lord, which you are to do through Jesus and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and, you, and they will be afraid of you. The Lord shall make you plenteous in goods in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of the cattle, in the fruit of the ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. Ooh, heaven to give you rain, the land and the season, to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to nations. Not to your brother-in-law. You can lend to a nation. Are you listening to me? See, it, it, it's just like a missionary raising money to get to a nation. Now you raise them, now you lend into a nation. You lend into a nation. You know? That, that's not like, you know, you know, but some man, can you let me hold 50? No, that, not hold. Not your buddy. He said, you can lend to a nation and thou will not have to borrow. And there's one time in my life I didn't know that you could even live without barn. I'll get paid 30, man. Can you let me hold 20 now? I'll get paid 30, about 2 o'clock. Yeah, you been there? And the Lord shall make you the, the tail. Head. Oh, head. head. And not the tail. Aren't you glad you ain't a tail? I know Anybody ever sick of being the tail? Sick of us, thinking old tail. Man, we're going to get to be the head. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. That'll be worth a good suey or something. Suey or something. That should be what? And not where? If you hearken to the commandment, which we did. We've already done all the, all the commandments. Every one of them. Which I command you this day to observe to do them. And thou shalt go, not go aside from any of the words which we didn't, to the right hand, to the left. Go after other gods. I ain't going after no other god. Man, who, who'd want to go out on our God with this? But it shall come to pass if you will not hearken. Now that's the rest of the chapter. You can go home and read that if you want to. <laughs> and you'll find all kind of stuff in you going on in your life. And you will find them hemorrhoids. They in that verse. I mean, it's called hemorrhoids or something, but that's what, it, that's what it is. An hemorrhoid is a hemorrhoid. You don't keep the law. Preparation H is in your life. You say this is, yeah, y'all behave now. <laughs> Jesus kept the law for us and laid it down to our credit. You know, you, you know we're on all the earth where they're having the greatest revival? It's people who understand the, the love of God, the righteous of God, and the grace of God. Because the bigness of that's got all, and when they get to church, they ain't got to prime folks like, it's time to praise now. Could you pick up your hand? Could you, could, could, could you, could you open your eyes? Could, could you stand up? Could you get here before we get through? They're excited. They think, man, I'm as righteous as Jesus. What if someone said, well, you're, you're, you're as righteous as, you're almost as righteous as Peter was on his worst day. You're as righteous as Jesus. John 17 in the New Living Translation says, Jesus says, Father, show them 
that you love them exactly just as much as you love me. The day I read that in the Living Translation, my, my teeth fell out and they weren't even false. <laughs> Man, when your teeth fall out and they're not even false teeth, that was jaw shaking. <laughs> I, you know, you, you know that in, 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 in here, but, you, but I, I just read it that day. He, said, he says, tell them, show them that you love them just as much as you love me. We have devalued ourselves. See, he, he didn't say he loves you about like he loved Solomon. Or he loved you about as much as he did doubting Thomas. He might say, you know, actually you doubt a little bit more, Thomas. So I'm going to love you like Thomas. He said, he loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. Mm. That's good news. And Paul said, if you ain't preached that, he said, let, let him be accursed. It's in there. Look up, look up the word. It says, let him be damned to hell to preach something else. He said, if an angel shows up preaching anything else, he said, get rid of it. Paul said, this is my gospel. My gospel. So I'm not right. I, I, I'm not receiving the benefits or the blessing because I'm studying the blessing so much. I'm studying my righteousness and the blessings coming on me and overtaking me. Amen. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you got people running around trying to. The problem is we, we get the cart before the horse. We're trying to run around and study the package. You know, if you get the job, the benefits come with it. Right. People trying to figure out the benefits, they ain't got the job yet. Right. <laughs> but if, but if, if the benefits come with the job, work on the job. There you, go. you got the benefits. People don't, don't think about Jesus, worship Jesus, glorify Jesus, minister about Jesus. They think about what he can do. I, I think it kind of makes him up. I don't know if he gets upset, but I just think about if you study about Jesus can do this and Jesus can do that. We talk about he can heal or he can do this or he can do this. But why don't we just talk about Jesus? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like my buddy Robert Scales talked about, he said, ain't nothing wrong with it. He said, but I, I just never preached a message on healing. I just never have. He said, ain't nothing wrong with it. It's right. I just never did. He said, my assignment was just to preach love. He said, but when I preach love, don't you think love wants to heal? You preach love, love to say, he said, I, I could go over why you could be healed and should be healed and can be healed. He said, but I just preach love and love sees you sick and wants to reach out and fix that. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So all these benefits are yours because you're righteous. It's not even unmerited favor. Now it's merited. You're worthy. You know how many people I would make mad saying that in church? You're worthy. This is, now, this is now merited favor. So we've got to come up. I mean, I, I know you don't want to think that. I, when I said that, I, I feel the breaks. This is called merited favor. It used to be unmerited. Now it's merited. Did, I mean, if I say, are you a king's kid? Oh, yeah, I'm a king's kid. Are you worthy? I ain't worthy. Are you a king? Yeah. You worthy? No, I ain't worthy. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's get your passport right, <laughs> right? Who are you? Huh? I am who he says I am. I have what he says I have. I can do what he says I can. Who are you? Who are you? You are a child of the king. You're a son. You're, the, you're in the family of God. If you're, a son of, if you're the son of God, are you? Yes. You want to tell you're a son of God and you're not worthy? You mean God has unworthy in his family? 
Is, is, is God calling his family unmerited? You don't merit this, but I took you on, I adopted you. <laughs> Give him something to eat. <laughs> Shouldn't get nothing. Start, start acting. See what I'm saying? We wouldn't do that with our children. Well, we did sometimes, but anyways. <laughs> so we are living, we are to be living in merited favor. And the blessings are coming on you because they've been commanded by God. We got people running after the blessing, and the blessing is trying to run after you. But what you have to do is change your mind. Think right. And when we think right, we'll see right. The problem is we've got the wrong perspective, so we're not, re we're not seeing in the realm of the spirit. We're seeing in the realm of the natural. And if you get on a plane and, and you just think natural, and you think, I don't know, I better get off here. I think the fish take off. They said, why? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm looking out the window. I don't see the law of lift. <laughs> well, you know, in a, in, a, in a plane, we all know there's a law of gravity, right? But if, if, if there's no law of lift to supersede gravity, you can't take off. And you think, oh, well, the law of lift ain't out here today. Well, then they can run a 200 mile an hour down the, down the end thing, and they can't stop it. You go, bam, you're going to hit a wall or a tree. You're going to be dead, right? You say, Margaret, we got to get out of here. I don't think there's no law left today. Because <laughs> lift has to supersede gravity for you to take off. And you've got to be able to see, you got to be able to see in your spirit like Abraham did. You've got to be able to see the supernatural. You've got to be able to see into the spirit realm to supersede the natural realm. You know, when, when they got there and that, uh, Elisha's uh, servant, Gehazi, you know, and they was out there, and, and then the king sent all those people to, to trap Elisha. Remember that over Second Kings, because he's been hearing the enemy's plans. The king of Syria has come against the king of Israel, and every time the king of Syria tried to attack him, the prophet would go tell the king of Israel, "All right, tomorrow he's going to attack y'all over here." That helps. And so the king of Syria thought he had a traitor in the camp. He says, "Who among us is a traitor?" And he says, I don't, it's none of us, king. He says, there's a prophet over there. He's a seer. And, and he says, everything you speak in your command center, in your bedroom, he hears. He said, in the bedroom too? He said, yeah, in the bedroom. He said, but shut up, boy. So he got over there, and then he, he said, well, he says, well, go fetch him. He says, spy on him. Uh, I, I think, how you spy on him? Exactly. <laughs> I thought that was the dumbest command I ever heard. If he sees what you're going to do tomorrow, you say, we're going to sneak up on him. <laughs> Are you crazy? You're going to sneak up on him. He knows where you're going to be tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, be quiet now. Sneak up on him. <laughs> so they get there, and, and, and Elisha's asleep. You know, that last two hours sleep in the morning, when you wake up and you're just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Elisha wakes up because he can smell something. And he looks up, he looks around the city, ain't nothing but horses. And the chariots they own. And then they've come to take, take them back to Syria and kill him. And so he wakes him up. This, this boy, you know, this is his associate. He wakes up, Elijah, Elijah. He wakes him up. He said, boy, we in trouble. We in lots of trouble. He said, what is it? He said, look. He said, oh, yeah. He said, they, they've come to get us. He said, yeah, I'm sorry. He said, there's more with us than with them. He's like, what? 
more with us than with them? <laughs> Do you see them? He said, oh, son, there's more with us than with them. How does he know that? And he'd already saw it in 2 Kings chapter 2. He'd already seen the horse chariot. Now, I don't know whether he saw him or whether he didn't see him because I don't think he needed to see him. He knew something. He said, I know what my assignment is, and it don't end here today. So if it don't end here today, then there's got to be more with us than with him. He said, now, Lord, this boy is having some problems. He said, he's having some stomach issues right now. I can hear that stomach just a turning. This boy is about to fill up his huggies. So would you open his eyes so he can see the truth? And the Lord did. He opened up his, not natural eyes, his spiritual eyes. And when he did, he saw that there was more chariots and more horses and angels. He says, then by far than what was there to take them. And he went, shoo, Gomer. <laughs> but the old man, he's like, you know, where's my eggs at? <laughs> and they come. They were there. They come to arrest him. You read it. Y'all go read it. It's exciting. Man, the Bible's exciting. Yes, I don't know what y'all doing. I read the Bible. So they start coming down the hill. I said, get up. And they start coming down after the man. And, and, and the old man got up. He said, Man, one day I ever gonna learn. He says, Lord, smite them blind. And all of a sudden they're just all blind. You know, you're trying to do a horse. <laughs> you know, I never thought about this. Maybe it was the horse too. Man, wouldn't that be a mess? Have a bunch of thousands of uh, hundreds of blind horses, and blind people. So he said, he said, y'all, right, let's just take them single handedly. Y'all hold hands. You know, like little kindergartners, you know, little, little kid in kindergarten, have them hold hands when they go outside. <laughs> All these people come to kill him. He said, now put your spears down, y'all hold hands. <laughs> and so he took, him, he took him to the king of Syria, probably hundreds of them, right, to arrest an old man and a kid. Hundreds to arrest an old man and a kid. An old man probably needs to be on Geritol. He's, and and then he brought all these warriors. And then he said, now, King Syria, or King of Israel, he says, here's, who, here's, here, here's who's been attacking you. And uh, he said, oh, Lord, uh, he's opened their eyes, horses too. And they opened their eyes, and all of a sudden they surrounded by the King of Syria, or Israel. And King of Israel said, uh, Elisha, man of God, he says, you don't kill him? He said, no, I don't kill them. He said, they look so stupid. I mean, I mean they, he said, they, they already embarrassed them and their horses. That should be enough. Don't kill them. He said, it implies it's breakfast. You know, I don't want, you know. So what he told them to do, he said, let's just sit down and have a feast with them. He said, you know, he said, we went like this. And they said, uncle. They already cried, uncle. So he, they did. They made them a big feast. They had a big old huge pancake thing. Had everything, whole thing. It was an IHOP thing. And they went out there. I know, I read it today. I read it. The IHOP. Funnel cake. I mean, it's, it's Funnel Cake Friday. I think it was on a Friday. That's where, that's where Good Friday come in, I bet you. We'll find out. It's called Good Friday. The day he let them out. So they sent them back to the king of Syria, and he says, did you get the man? They said, well, we, uh, it's kind of a long story. Well, we were, there was a bunch of us, and they, and they were there. And Well, we said charge. That's the last thing I remember. <laughs> they said, 
asked the king of Syria, said, you, you got any Pepto-Bismol? I've had so many pancakes, my stomach hurts. <laughs> pancakes? Yeah, he had a party for us. He could have just said, kill us. <laughs> and so the scripture says, and the scripture says that they never messed with that man again. They said, they said, leave that old man alone. He sees things that the rest of us don't see. Don't ever try to sneak up on him no more. You go blind, your neighbor goes blind, your horse goes blind, everything blind. They said, leave him alone. That's, that's what's available to you. That's Ephesians chapter 1, open the eyes of their understanding so they can see not the natural but the supernatural. Dear Lord, it is. That clock, you lying clock. I'll take authority over you in Jesus' name. Y'all glad you came? I didn't even have a note. I started to make one day. I thought, nah, I just let it go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody want to get saved tonight? Who in here wants to go to hell? Want to split? Who, who in here wants to split hell wide open? I want to burn forever. Good. Who, if Jesus comes tonight, is going to bust heaven wide open? Who in here don't know where you're going to go? Who in here just wish I'd let you go? I see those hands. <laughs> Who wants to go to IHOP? B Bill's going to buy. <laughs> hey! Go to IHOP. All right, let's receive the offering. Praise God.